When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Football Asia with Paul Williams. Yes, we finish off the show as usual with Football Asia in the company of Paul Williams from the Asian Game podcast. Evening, Paolo. Simon, Alex, how are you guys? Good, mate. Very good, very good. Uh, Now, the Chinese Super League is back. The first season without real COVID restrictions, I guess. And uh, the fans have responded an average of... Uh, just under 24,000 for the first round of matches. Is Chinese football on the way back is your starter for 10? <laughs> uh, you'd like to think. I mean, they're starting from a very, very, very low base now. So there's really only one way to go. But it was, given everything that's happened to Chinese football over the last couple of years, and their fans have suffered a lot, not just the the harsh COVID restrictions, not just on being able to attend football, but in everyday life as well. Um, with what's happened to Chinese football and the downturn, you've seen so many clubs go out of business. To see the return of some form of normality and to see the fans respond in the way that they did, there was 50,000 in Beijing. Wuhan, the defending champions, got 36. Um, there was 25, I think, in Shanghai for Shenhua as well. 30,000 in Dalian. They responded in big numbers and it was heartening to see. And I guess it was a reminder of the potential that still does exist within Chinese football. And they've gone back to, as I've mentioned a couple of times, almost back to ground zero now, but they, the, the support's still there and that's the foundation that so much of football is built on. And we'd love to have that kind of support here to, to be able to build upon. So, um, yeah, just. really heartening to, <laughs> to see. And uh, Shanghai Port as well, they go um, and play their first game at their brand, uh, brand new purpose-built football stadium this weekend. I think it's 37,000 capacity and that's expected to sell out as well. So at least there's some, you know, positive signs in China at last. And over in Saudi Arabia, poor old Rudy Garcia has been uh, sacked as coach of Al Nasser after their goalless draw on the weekend. Um, Ronaldo is rumoured to have made some claims expressing his uh, his frustrations with how things were going under Garcia. So, I mean, I guess no real surprises. Mm. There was only going to be one outcome after that. Yeah, if you're um, you're pitting yourself against Cristiano Ronaldo, you're not going to come out on top in that battle, I don't think. Not given the money they've invested in Ronaldo, it's kind of been on the cards for a little while. There'd been sort of you know rumours bubbling under the surface of discontent in the dressing room that Ronaldo wasn't particularly happy with Garcia as the head coach. You imagine whoever comes in now is going to be effectively handpicked by Ronaldo. You would think that someone he thinks can steer the ship maybe that takes us back to the Mourinho rumors that I uh, I rubbished last week that perhaps they maybe have some legs now that Garcia <laughs> is uh out of the way but yeah I mean when Ronaldo arrived they were three points clear of Aliti had they're now three points behind Aliti had and they face an enormous challenge tonight when they take on Al-Halal the Riyadh derby that is going to be absolutely massive it's live here in Australia on Network 10. I think it's at about five o'clock in the morning. So get up early if you want to see that one. They have to win that to keep their title challenge alive. You'd suspect if they they lose that, Idi had have a game in hand, they'll probably win six points behind with about five games to go. Can't imagine them recovering from there. So huge game in the morning. 
Now, I read that Al Nasser had made a decision with regards to Garcia's replacement. A little-known Croat called Dinko Jelicic. I, I must c- confess, I've never heard of him. Have you? I'd never heard of him before I saw that as well. No, he is, he's just the interim coach at this interim. stage. He was okay. the... He was the under-19s coach at Al Nasser who stepped in to, to fill the void, um, no doubt through until the end of the season, in which case there might be some more managers become available in Europe. Uh, I've got no doubt it'll be a high-profile appointment. Um, and as I said, I've got absolutely no doubt that Cristiano Ronaldo's, Cristiano Ronaldo's fingerprints uh, will be all over it as well. So maybe Jose Mourinho still might be a chance to go over to Saudi. Who knows? <laughs> uh, let's stay in Saudi. Uh, Al-Halal are having a bad time of things as well. Uh, on course for their lowest ever finish in the Pro League. Now, to be fair, I think that's fourth, so it's not that bad. Um, but not so good when you consider that we're just a week or so out from uh, the long-awaited Asian Champions League final from 2022. Goodness me, we're halfway through 2023 almost. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, this competition is going to come to an end. Mm. Um, it's remarkable the the fluctuations in form. Of course, you go back a couple of months and Al-Halal, they demolished Al-Dahal to win their way through. And you, at that point of the J-League season, Urawa had started slowly and you just thought, well, this is Al-Halal's title to lose. The flip has been scripted a little bit now because Urawa is in really good form domestically and Hilal are struggling a little bit for form. Uh, they've got injuries to key players at the, the worst possible time. So it's really interesting now heading into this game. Um, as I said, they've got that a massive match tonight against Al Nasser. They also play Al Itihad in the semi-final of the Kings Cup on the weekend. So they've got a huge week or two of fixtures coming up. Diaz has mentioned he may even rest some players tonight against Al Nasser to make sure they're fresh for that Champions League game. But I think just the long season, they had the Club World Cup as well. Um, a little teaser, I spoke to Jung Hyun Soo, the Korean player um, for the Asian game that will go out next week. And he spoke, when I spoke to him a week or so ago, he did mention that the players are, are feeling fatigued and tired after a very long season. So it's probably only natural they've fallen away a little bit as their attention shifts to retaining their Asian title. And in Japan, there was a big win for uh, Mitch Langerak's Nagoya Grampus in the J-League. They won 2-1 away to Kawasaki. But uh, Muskie's side, Yokohama, were frustrated with a, with a one-all draw. Now, just on Nagoya, they've only ever won the title once. Was that when Josh Kennedy was there? Yeah, uh, 2010, I think, it was, wasn't it? It would have been. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're yeah, two Josh... points off the top at the moment. Are they genuine contenders this year? At this stage, you have to say they absolutely are. Yeah, I mean, I still think their lack of um, goal-scoring prowess might bite them in the long run. They still are um, one of the the worst um, attacking teams in the J-League for, for goals scored. It's their defensive record that, that holds them in good stead more often than not. So, I keep, mean... Keeper's pretty good. <laughs> win, the keeper's the keeper's very good. I mean, if you win one every game 1-0, I mean, it's, it doesn't matter. A win's, it. a win's a win at the end of the day. So they'll absolutely take it. So, um, yeah, they're, they're certainly in with a, a shot there. I think they're second on the table behind Vissel Corbe at the moment, who smashed Kashima 5-1 on the weekend as well. So, um they're, they're definitely in with a shot. Muskie, on the other hand, they're, they're just not playing their best football at the moment. We saw them come out last season and really set down a marker from, you know, the very opening weeks of the season and they really never let up. And um, they're, they're still, you know, in the mix. They're only a couple of points off uh, off top spot, but they're not playing the type of football that Muskie would, would be wanting them to play. But I still think they'll be there at the pointy end come the end of the season. 
Now, Argentina have been uh, confirmed as hosts of the FIFA Under-20 World Cup. So it's uh, officially the end of the road for Indonesia, the erstwhile hosts, of course. Uh, They were, uh, well, they had the tournament taken off them after they refused to host Mm. Israel. And there is talk of further sanctions for that refusal. Um, Could that include potentially missing out on their first Asian Cup since 2007? Because they have qualified for the tournament in Qatar. That that would be a devastating blow for a a nation of 270-odd million people who are absolutely in love with the game of football. It would be a massive blow. And I know it was the real fear that it was when FIFA announced that they were stripping them, it mentioned in the release about the possibility of further sanctions. And we've seen Indonesia... Um, you know, get heavy FIFA sanctions in the past. So that that sort of hung over their heads. I sort of reported in the last couple of days that um, there's not going to be sporting sanctions as such. The, they've got a reprieve there. I think it's just going to be financial and administrative sanctions that get put upon Indonesian football. So that will be a relief to, you know, the players, to Shin Taeyong, that they can still plan for the Asian Cup next year, the draw of which takes place in a couple of weeks in Doha when they find out who they'll play. So that's good news because it'd be a shame to see Indonesian football take that another massive step backwards. Yeah, yeah, certainly not the players' fault. Uh, one more before we let you go, Paolo. Um, big changes afoot in India. Uh, they've announced a whole raft of new initiatives, an expanded women's league, a minimum salary cap or, or, or wage for female players, the restructuring of grassroots and a a new initiative called Project Diamond, which is going to see Arsene Wenger play an active role. Uh, what can you tell us about these developments? Because, I mean, you mentioned at the top of the chat that if China get their act together, then uh, we might all be done for in football terms. And goodness <laughs> me, if India do as well, then, uh, yeah, we're, we're all going to be playing catch up. <laughs> the potential in Asia is enormous. When you think about China, India and Indonesia that we've just mm. mentioned about as well, that the population and the passion that exists within those countries is enormous. Uh, we, we spoke a couple of months ago now, I think it was about the, the Vision 2047 that the Indian Federation had released. And this is part of that. You mentioned that the restructuring of the league by 2026, they want to have a four-tier league system for uh, for their women's league, um, which would be fantastic. By 2026? So that's by only three years yep. away. Goodness me. Yeah, fascinating times ahead uh, for Indian football and indeed across the continent. And Paolo, you will be across all of it, no doubt, as you are every week. We'll speak to you next week, mate. See you, buddy. Cheers, guys.